Welcome to Everything Life Coaching. I'm John Kim. And I'm Noelle Cordeaux. We are the founders of Journey Coaching. We're super passionate about all things coaching and want to share what we've learned from over a decade of coaching and training over a thousand life coaches. Dive deep into a more meaningful career, find freedom, and make an impact on the world around you. Hey guys, on today's episode, we are going to take a deep dive on somatic coaching. Noelle, good morning. Good morning. Hey, this is really interesting because, um, so I got into therapy again, and what she's doing is all somatic work. What's interesting is uh, you don't have to be a therapist to specialize in somatic work, and I think that's, uh, that's exciting. Absolutely. So, you know, let's begin at the beginning for the folks at home. So what what is somatic? What what are somatics? Where did this come from? And the word soma is Greek and mm. it defines our body, our physical body and distinguishes it from the mind or from the spirit or from the soul. Yeah, you know, for me, um, I've lived mostly in my head most of my life uh, with a lot of cognitive distortions and, you know, um, spinning. Uh, and, and what's helped me tremendously, I think, in the last three years is this idea of dropping into your body, this idea that, um, that your body as a whole is a sharper radar, knows more than, you know, what's in between your ears. Yes, it's super true. And I, I, you know, on our our hearts, our physical hearts, our physical bodies, the way our stomachs, our throats, our chests, our backs respond to the world around us. Our bodies often go first in giving us information about the world around us, and then it makes its way to our head, where we, of course, impose our own cognitive lens on it. Yeah. And so if there is information, valuable information in your body, if your body is trying to tell you something and you're constantly ignoring that, um, you may be making decisions that, um, you know, may, <laughs> may hurt you. You may be making decisions that's against your truth. Or you don't have all the information. Right. Because it can be an absolutely positive experience as well. And this is one of the arenas where young coaches need training on somatic responses and how to show up in session as a coach using all of your senses. Mm. And then yeah, likewise, so you know, as, as clients, there's so much more information that we too can experience. Right. So um, reading more than just the words coming out of our client's mouth. Absolutely. So let's toss out an example. Um, have you ever been talking to someone and you got tangles based on what they said? Sure, absolutely. Have you shared that with the person? Usually, no. Usually, I keep that inside. Ah, why? Because <laughs> logic hijacks what my body is feeling or telling me, right? This Fear, is, right? yes, ding, ding, ding. This is the perfect example to debrief and bring our conversation to real life. Yeah. So if you're listening to somebody and you get tingles, you know, John, you just gave us a great example. Your, your cognition overrode what your body was telling you. Right, right. And all of the stories about why I can't share my truth prevented you from telling the person in front of you, I have tingles. 
Yeah, this is why uh, shoulders hunch. This is mm-hmm. why, you know, um, you, you, we have white knuckles and uh, we start walking funny. Uh, it, this kind of stuff uh, manifests in our body physically, you know. Yes. Yeah. Emotions are experienced in the body. And the way that our body gives us messages is just as valid as the way that our, our brains give us messages. Yeah, yeah. And, and, this, I think, is a game changer. I don't think this is just like one theory. I think it could change your life. It can change your life, and it can change the lives of of so many around you. Uh, and for me, it it has to do with, you know, a full opening to vulnerability. And in talking about mastery of coaching, this is where you really get over yourself and you get over your ego and you allow both your brain and your body as a coach to become a conduit for someone else's experience. Mm -hmm. So what that looks like for me as a coach um, is if I'm experiencing tingles, I say, wow, I just got tingles or I got a shiver or, um, you know, I cry with my clients. Sometimes my clients will be saying something and I will physically be moved to tears. They may not be crying, but I'm crying. Um, And that information, what my body is experiencing is actually vital for my clients. I'm glad you mentioned that because I think a lot of people um, think that as a coach, they should not show emotion or that if they cry, it makes them look weak. and, And none of that is true. Um, really, really showing up in your authentic uh, self is is really powerful, and that that builds a lot of trust with the client. Yeah, and it's it's um it's really it's quite beyond the self. It's about accessing our full senses for the purpose of data gathering. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about how this shows up for people. And I think the most common association that we have with somatics, with the messages that our brains and our bodies give us is stress, right? So if someone's about to give a speech, they might experience anxiety and commonly people experience a tight chest, sweaty Mm -hmm. palms, uh, shortness of breath, shallow breathing. Um, Has that ever happened to you? Yeah, all the time, daily. Really? (laughs) <laughs> I mean, to, to not not to that extreme, but sure. I mean, throughout the day, um, you know, uh, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, we're going to work on you today, John. Your body is yeah. giving you messages. I for, I mean, one of my biggest things is I forget to breathe. And I notice I'm not breathing. And I'm like, you know, what am I doing? Very yeah. short, shallow breath. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Holding your breath. Absolutely. Right. Um, and then, you know, turning it towards, turning the dial towards happy wonderful things. When you have a crush on someone, Mm. that feeling of excitement that lives in your body might lead to fluttering in the stomach or heat in the cheeks. Um, When I have a crush on someone, I crash into things. Oh, that's okay. It reminds me of uh, uh, Jack Tripper on Three's Company. For some reason, yeah. that show he's crashing into things because uh, he has crushes. Um, that's me. I think, yeah, I, I crash into I, things all the time. <laughs> I, I think that's adorable. So if you guys see Noelle with bruises, that means she's crushing on someone. Probably. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Probably. And what's wonderful about uh, all of the research that's come out worldwide regarding the way that human beings experience emotions in our bodies is that it's completely universal. All of the same bodily regions get activated to 
each of the, the 14 main emotions that humans consistently experience across cultures. So this is something that is, is truly about humans as a species, that, that part of our capacity to live in the world relies on these messages from our body and we all experience them the same way. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah. So let's break it down from an anthropological perspective. So um, humans in 2021 are really detached from their senses and really detached from nature and the world around us. Human beings used to be able to tell that rain was coming based on the way the wind felt. Mm. Right. Wow, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So being 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 like one with and connected to uh, nature, right? Being a sharp radar to it. Actually, it's a little bit deeper than that. It's being in touch with the way your body experiences sensation. So what we're actually dealing with in that scenario is the feeling of wind on your skin. Oh, it's like um, when cats can sense an earthquake. Uh, way before we can. Yeah. yeah, that there's something, and and human beings used to have very profound capabilities to interact with the world around us. Our hearing used to be sharper, our eyesight, and as we've become basically an indoor species over time, we've lost the capacity to look at, observe, touch, taste, smell, hear feel physically the world around us in a way that gives us messages that helps us with our environment. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I was thinking, um, coaching can become such a, a logical experience that, uh, what a great reminder that, uh, to bring it back into your body and, and, and also, um, coaching people, on how to do that is also coaching as well. I think because of business coaching, uh, a lot of people have defined coaching as, as such a, uh, 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 I don't know, a, a heady experience, you know? No, it doesn't have to be. Right. It doesn't right. have to be. And, you know, what, what this segment is about, it's all about the value of tuning back in. Yeah, to your body yeah, and and relearning how to use your senses. Um, using your senses is attached to an applied positive intervention called savoring, and we'll talk about it a little bit later on. But you know, savoring is right up there with gratitude and love and hope in terms of being able to really change the way that we experience our brains and our bodies and. There's a big difference between uh, pleasure, which is quick and hedonic, and savoring, which is a deep cut of contentment that allows us to really get those feel-good hormones going and enhance our evolutionary capacity. Is that something that we should be practicing daily, um, this idea of savoring, uh, you know, threaded into your life? Yeah, it is. Yeah. And so the way that this works is um, – is savoring is is relearning how to engage your sensory experiences. Mm. So these are physical, emotional, or social. Uh, one thing that I can think of that gets in the way of savoring for most of the humans that I know is our relationship with our phones. Oh, interesting. What do you mean by that? 
So when I go to, uh, before the pandemic, when I would go to a restaurant, there would be two people sitting at a table with a plate of food in front of them with each other. And they would be both on their phones with their heads. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that, that's the norm now. Yeah. So physical, emotional, social, right? So if you're, you're actually using your senses to tap into the reality of the experience that you're having, that would be enjoying the company socially of the person that you're with. That would be emotionally investing in that other human, really working to listen and hear that person. Um, It would be the physical act of of having a glass of wine. Wow, that tastes really good. It complements the food, savoring the food, feeling what nourishment feels like as it goes into your body. Um, So many of us are programmed to go and do things on autopilot that we miss and we detach from the experience of living our lives. Yeah, guys, the wine glass over the shot glass. So um, using all your senses to really anchor yourself into the moment moment and be present instead of being distracted and disconnected. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's shifting, it's turning the dial, you know, um, life is not a show and tell life is a graphic experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, um, with me, one of the the things that happened to me during the pandemic is I moved and I moved to a place I never thought I would move. And that's kind of like, um, up in the Hills a little bit. Uh, and I also got two chickens and the, the backyard, you know, I'm noticing, and and part of this is having a, a child, um, noticing leaves and trees and roses and a lot of things that are uh, are now connecting me more into nature because I grew up, you know, in the concrete jungle. I grew up in the city. And so um, that has helped me tremendously with uh, just, you know, somatic being more in my body. Yes. And when we're in our body, once we get there, once we get to a place through the practice of savoring, um, and noticing and becoming aware and allowing the emotions to exist in our body and maybe even thanking them for their message. Um, Mm. One of the things that we have to contend with is this modern tendency we all have to beat ourselves up uh, for physical outcomes that are actually beyond our control and associated with emotions. So, um, for example, something that I hear often is folks who are really struggling with, with burnout and, Mm -hmm. um, they get mad at themselves for having low energy or, um, feeling sad or, or having slowed or decreased limb activity. And what we know that these physical outcomes, being low energy, having your legs and arms feel like they're a little bit heavier, that is your body talking to you. That's your body's way of saying, hey, we have unpleasant emotions here. Mm. Yeah. It's a a, a, a sign. It's, um, like you said, information, right? Yeah. So if we took this completely out of context and I said, all right, um, John, uh, if your body is giving you messages 
And the message is, it's really hard to move my limbs through space and time, and I feel really tired. What might you say a logical or practical solution would be? So you mean pulling from just logic? Mm-hmm. Or, or reading my body and listening to my body? Well, if you're tired, what's one thing you can do to help? Uh, rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Um, and that is the, the, the thing that most people won't do because they feel that they have to hold their unpleasant emotions, bull through their unpleasant emotions. And when they're really showing up in the body, your body is saying, rest, slow down, take care of me. I need you. Um, and so these are all of the different ways that we can begin to change the way that we experience stress responses by listening to our body. Yeah. I mean, most, you know, most of us, uh, our bodies is tired and we ignore. And if we rest, we think we're not being productive or that we're not, you know, uh, accomplishing things or that we're weak. And so we ignore our body and we continue to grind. Um, and, you know, that uh, exhaustion doesn't go away. It just gets bigger and bigger until we collapse. Exactly. It gets bigger and bigger. And then, you know, we don't deal with the root causes of the stress. We take it, um, as norm, as something that we're fated to be subject to. And just the whole thing turns into a big knot. Right, right. And then on the other side of the coin, um, when we experience happiness, it it goes through your whole body mm-hmm. and lights you up and gives you energy. Yeah, I mean, in uh, earlier when you were talking about the the, the other tingles when um, you have a crush on someone, or you know when you realize someone likes you back, um, I remember. I mean, that those are such those are such beautiful moments um, in life that we get to experience. You know, when you kiss someone and they kiss you back, like that's that's basically all of um, <laughs> high school and wanting to um, experience. You know, those those tingles and 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 those type of uh, experiences in your body. Well, you know, even as grownups, um, the newness doesn't have yeah. to end with adult relationships. You know, uh, I find so much um, pleasure and stimulation in these kind of interactions when it comes from, you know, meeting somebody who's just intellectually fascinating mm-hmm. and you make sure. a friend because you have yeah. so much to talk about. Um, those That's so such a natural part of the human experience. And, and that's another example of where we dim our lights, where we shut ourselves down from truly yeah. being open to experiencing other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's so much value in that. Yeah. So one of the aspects of coaching that was really starting to bubble before the pandemic and now that we're coming into the close of the pandemic, hopefully it's going to be absolutely necessary for coaches to focus on is helping grownups um, build social skills to move out of isolation. Yeah, outside the, uh, the webcam. Yes. So what I just described, um, the intellectual stimulation and, and, and bubbling and pulsing and, and energy that comes from making a new friend, that concept is terrifying to most adults. Yeah. And especially, I think, if you're, um, if you're a coach. And, I, and, I, and for me, uh, and I know I'm a little bit more out, out of the box than the norm, but one of the, the things that I love about coaching 
is you can create, you know, adventure experiences or do things that um, have that that element of engaging with someone where it's not just a conversation, but it's a, a whole body experience. Absolutely. And when we have those whole body experiences, when we physically get outside, when we get into nature, when we do new things, when we allow ourselves to have those somatic responses in safe environments, it opens up the door for us to have them in real world environments that we're not curating. Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we know works really well as, um, a building block for tapping into other people. And and I would hasten to say is an important piece of somatic experience is altruism, is doing things that are nice for other people. Mm, yes, we need that now these days. Yeah. So if you do something really nice and generous for other people, how do you feel inside? Good. I feel good. I feel um, connected to myself. I feel like I have value, like I feel worth, and I feel like I'm doing bigger things in life, you know, than just uh, using eyes in my statements. Yes. And others um, I've heard describe that feeling as a warm glow, mm. an actual sensation mm. of warmth in the body that Mm -hmm. you feel um, lit up, that you actually can feel your heart center with altruism. And that is a signal to your brain and to your body. um, I am part of something greater than me. I am part of um, a collective of humanity. I can go forth and be part of this group of other humans. It's one of the fundamentals of the, the human experience on, on, in this world, you know, on this planet. Yeah. And, you know, really talking about somatics, the the sensation of what we experience, touch is huge. We've been so isolated through the pandemic. Um, I remember I went to go see my mom. It had been months and months and months and months. And we both had masks on and and she said, I I really want to hug you. And I said, I think Mm. that's okay, you know? And we both sobbed. I was so (laughs) ill-prepared. for what the sensation of the experience of hugging my mom was going to be like and 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 think about the messages that my body was giving me how beautiful um they are and you know that emotional response is all wrapped up in one package that's telling me i need more of this i need my mom i love that your mom said that um I mean, that's, that's something my mom has never said, and she's not really a huggy person. I think part of it is cultural, but um, just to say that to your child and uh, uh, to have that closeness is, I think, um, beautiful, powerful. Yeah, and, and let's get into that because that's part of somatic response too. So this is something um, that we can work on, you know, as coaches with our clients is naming our needs. And mm-hmm. as human beings, one of the needs that we have is for touch. I'm sure that you came across this um, in all of your cool parenting jammers, you know, the importance of skin time with your, oh, yeah. your newborn and the importance yeah. of touch. Um, so, you know, think about how primed you were as a parent to give that to your infant um, and how we're conditioned to not ask for that as adults. Um, I swing the other way where I'm asking Logan for kisses uh, so so much where she's just starting to like, okay, stop. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. But how about from um, 
Yeah, from friends, from partners, yeah. uh, asking for hugs from your mom. Yeah, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Not so much. Yeah, so it's it's permissive between parent and child, but that need for somatic stimulation, that need for touch, mm -hmm. for closeness, um, mm -hmm. for hugs, doesn't go away as adults. And it it takes about twenty seconds to get the physiological boost that comes from hugging someone. So twenty yeah. second hugs are what we need, and people are really disconnected from the idea of touching each other. Um, I see people, I mean, the pandemic has made it worse, obviously, but pre-pandemic, I would see people kind of, you know, leap away from each other, especially if I was in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and or, or, you know, helping somebody with the door. You know, if your hands happen to brush, you, you freak out and pull away, right? Um, and so this is, you know, another way of, of dropping down and being like, no, you know, it's actually okay to touch another human. I love that we're going to end this on hugs because I think the world <laughs> needs more of it. Um, and I mean, how many people actually hug for 20 seconds? Uh, that's very rare. So even if it's not 20 seconds, um, just a reminder to hug people that you care about and, and, you know, drop into your body and have a somatic ex experience instead of just saying words. I'm so excited to um, to finally get to travel and make you really uncomfortable with a 20 second hug. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down. Whoa. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys, hug someone today. Uh, thank you for listening. Be well. Thanks for listening to Everything Life Coaching. If you're feeling the draw to become a coach, head to journey.co slash everything to explore a new career that brings fulfillment, gives you a true sense of purpose, and a strong community to do it in. We created Journey Coaching to equip you with the tools, training, and community you need to attain your goals. Join Journey Coaching and begin your journey towards personal freedom and a transformative state of growth today. That's J-R-N-I dot C-O slash everything.